Welcome to the Night Shift Football Podcast, episode 54.1. You know what point one means, Tommy? That means we're talking about Adelaide United, a real roller coaster of a week. Oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> Big 2-1 win away to Melbourne City and then travelled up to MacArthur and lost to those stupid bastards with their cowbells. Absolutely blown away, 4-1. Hey, let's start with the uh, – let's start on the positive – and we'll finish, we'll finish with the negatives. So we'll start with the Melbourne City game. Uh, hit me. What do you got? Where should we start with this? Well, yeah, I guess it's positive in that we won. Hell yeah. It's three points. Bloody, the bloody champions couldn't beat us all season. So how good are you, huh? Melbourne City, huh? Yeah. That's all I got. No, um, I had written down here, late winner papers over the cracks again. And I, yeah. I, I want to, I want to be positive, and it w- was a really thrilling win, um, but more or less, it was the same dross that we've served up most of the season. Yep. Yeah. No. Definitely. Uh, I didn't get to see a lot of this game because I was at training myself. Um, caught the last half hour, whatever, and I just, <laughs> yeah, whatever. I mean, we got the win, so I guess we'll take that, but. Same as usual, and those cracks, I guess when we get to the MacArthur game, we'll talk about what those cracks mean because, you know, that's what can happen on another day. Um, but we'll celebrate it. Um, Lopez we're getting still, on the score sheet, which we like. Yeah, but Yeah, exactly. With our favourite uh, method of goal, cross-com shot. A cross-com shot. And if you were listening to the uh, – oh, no, it was a different game. We'll get to that later. <laughs> We'll get to it later. But in the in the Adelaide MacArthur oh, game, it, he said cross come shot a lot. He the com- did. The commentator loved it. Um, the commentator's on board. Uh, great to see Mo Torre get on the score sheet. Yes. Albeit with what a, was it? You know, a goal like that. No, I thought it was a good goal because he reads the he reads the stupid. I mean, the I mean the play. pass. Yeah. It is stupid. Yeah, but. He still had to, it's the anticipation that gets me and he's already at full stride. So he has recognized it, you know, two steps before Jenkinson even knew he was playing that pass. Yeah. Um, it's a great finish. He just tucks it underneath Glover. Um, was it, was really, it Jenkinson who played it? I think so. T- this is so typically Arsenal, isn't it? Yeah. He's infecting even Australian football Can't now with behind. his mediocrity. <laughs> When's he getting a stupid red card? Well, given that this referee seemingly did not want to book a single Melbourne city player for the entirety of the evening. Um, never, never. I'm yeah. going to say just the foul count compared to the yellow cards of both sides was staggering. Adelaide had like eight fouls for four yellow cards. And I think city had 11 fouls for none. It was really bizarre, really bizarrely reft. Um, not that really detracted from the game or anything. We did our usual thing. We sat in, we, tr- we played with two sixes. We tried not to lose the ball in, you know, controversial areas. Yeah. Interestingly, this time we went in with uh, Juan Day and Louis Darigo in the midfield. No, you say yes. Um, and <laughs> just as interestingly, Stefan Mork still playing. Still. <laughs> He's cursed to He's live out still the rest playing of for Adelaide. <laughs> I, I don't know what's happening with this anymore. I stopped bothering trying to read or listen to interviews and see what was going on. I'm just, I'm going to wait till the day I look and he's not on the team sheet or he could just could just stand there forever. Look, it's not his choice anymore. Eternity. It's not his choice anymore. Uh, 
if I was the Japanese government, I wouldn't approve his visa either. Just, you know, for the sheer shithouse factory. It, <laughs> factory. Like, yeah. I don't want him going over there and just creating a new breed of Japanese shithousery. That's not the, the, the stunts he was pulling in both of these games, the City MacArthur games. Yeah. It's just outrageous. I would miss that more than anything footballing wise that he does. Yeah, that's a that that's a fair point. Um, I don't know where I was to go with this because obviously I missed a lot of this game. But um, Bernardo getting some good minutes, getting the start again, and no, no lucky. No, no lucky. That was interesting. Hey, I think he must have, considering that he did play against Macarthur, he must have been carrying some sort of fitness issue or a knock from uh, the game before that. Because you're right, it didn't make any sense for him to come off at 45 minutes and then to not not even be included whatsoever in this. Yeah. He wasn't, being included. The... he wasn't, he didn't come on. He wasn't on the bench. No. Yeah. I mean, it gave good minutes for Iron Kunda again. Um, and obviously Motore first goal in a year. There were, yep. you know, there's good positives coming out of this game. Um, but also, like we said, it just, the same old Adelaide crap flowed into the MacArthur result. And, you know, there's probably the, the biggest excuse you could say uh, is that we've played three games in a row on the road in nine days, you know, fitness concerns. We've had suspensions. Obviously we don't have the, the strongest squad of depth. So if you were going to alleviate any of it, maybe that. Yeah, I guess so. Well, I think it just kind of reinforces what we've kind of noted all season that uh, we're not very good. We're not that good. And um, <laughs> just to put it bluntly, but, you know, when another team can, if another team is going to turn it on against us, uh, they can they can do what MacArthur just did on the weekend. Um, I just had the other note I had just before we move on was in the City game. I don't know how it played out. Um, it was hard to see how it played out because it's just a crap game. But I like the idea of uh, Cloth came on for one day, mm. which makes you think of a, like the midfield three would have Dorigo as a six with Clough and Mork in there. I don't know if that's a way to go moving forward. If we're going to end up keeping Stefan Mork, you know, does that open the door for only playing one of the, one of the holding midfielders? Well, I'm so glad you brought this up because that is exactly how we lined up in the McCarthy game with Mork, Clough and Dorigo. And it was, look, in my opinion, I thought it was unmitigated disaster. (laughs) We were, Dorigo, I think, had perhaps his worst game of his career. Certainly his Adelaide United career. Ooh. You reckon? I've written down here three separate <laughs> times. Dorigo, can you stop giving the fucking ball away? Yeah. He had a he case was, of the chats. I, I just, you, maybe I think what his Viet and Aloisi have sold him down the river here. Because the one game that you would want to play two sixes is against a side that play with two fucking tens. And it just, oh my God, it makes no sense. It makes no sense why we took out both Izzy one day. I mean, even Jakobsen as well, all three of them, like they're so important to our defensive structure against the side that plays with De Silva, De Villa, to, uh, Tommy Orr, as well as Lockie Rose, as well as, um, you know, Giannu now as well. So, yeah, missing. Um... Missing Jakobsen was a big one. I don't know, was he injured or just rested or because he wasn't in I the hope, squad at all? Yeah, I hope it's rotation. Injury, um, would be, injury would suck. 
massive concerns there because I, I think he's been pretty good this year alongside, like, you know, he's been alongside Trat and then Barr. Mm-hmm. I still I still don't feel strongly either way on Lockie Barr. I'm a bit skeptical. I'm a little more skeptical now than I was a week or two ago with Lockie Barr, uh, but I still hold out hope that? that he can be all right. I just... Honestly, watching him and Timothy on the weekend just made me hate them both for a while. And then I remembered the bars only just come in. Um, so that got him off the hook. But Timothy was in the, on the books at like Schalke. And we saw Timothy last year and I thought he was pretty ordinary. Oh, yeah. To put we it nicely. on him a few times. Last season. And then on the weekend, I don't know what. He just uh, clueless, I think. He looks like a guy that usually plays like central midfield that's been asked to play centre-back for the day, even though his entire career has been at the back. He, You're right. He has no game sense whatsoever. His positioning, terrible. You know, and even just the basic stuff, his aerial ability, not up to scratch. You know, he's in the challenge. He's weak. <laughs> he's just, he's unconvincing, clearing the ball even. He's, uh, you know, when we rank our centre-backs, Jakobsen is just head and shoulders the best centre-back we have at the club. And then after that, it probably is Lockie Barr next, which is crazy to think because he, like, you know, the point you just made, he's not, he's almost, I I actually think he's getting better as the weeks go on. I think he's becoming more assured of his ability. The partnership him and Yako were creating, I think is going to be one that will see us through quite comfortably for the rest of the season. But we just need the two of them playing together personally. Yeah, I I think so. I still... It'd be nice to have another one, like a, a better, like someone better than those other three. Obviously, you're not going to get one on the level of Jakobsen, but you know, people people had their dislikes about Jordan Elsie, but you know, yeah, we are seeing exactly what happens when you get rid of kind of that mainstay guy. Imagine we got rid of Ryan Kiddo this season. You know, he's played. At, yeah, he's the only one to play in every game so far in the in the A League, all fourteen. Yeah, I think he's had a he's had an okay season as well. I don't think he's been horrible by any stretch. Mm. Uh, he's, you know, they obviously he obviously has some sort of pull with the squad in terms of leadership and stuff. We've seen him wear the armband. He, you know, he he gives it a crack every week. I know that's a shit thing to say about a professional footballer at that's that a level. Low bar, low bar. You know, but when you look at, at what else cares. when you look at what else we got and plus he's another like local south australian so true um i've been i've been happy with kiddo i you know he's been thrown in the deep end i think being a starting left back this season he's mostly been a winger his entire career yeah turned him into a left back um he's playing next to Timothy on the weekend <laughs> but which, other, otherwise which yeah hard. i think <laughs> he's he's hard. been okay but did, we, did we mention this the other week? A lot of people forget that um, he came through as a winger, but in, a, in an MPL season where he absolutely lit it up. I think he Yeah, was... I mentioned the stats the other week. Like he, yeah. he took the piss for Burkala and he, yeah, won the, he, he won the Serge Melton medal. The, that's it, yeah, exactly. And so my point was that, you know, if someone did that now, well, like we saw it with Lockie Barr. People were like screaming for Lockie Barr to get in the team, you know? So... People, people, if kiddo, if a winger was to come through and have a season like that in the MPL right now, people would be screaming for him to start mm. and they'd be on the radar of Alex United anyway. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, it's one of those things you gotta be careful what you wish for. 
Elsie's gone and now we, we haven't been able to replace him. So when you get rid of squad stability, this is the end result. I know that's that's going to upset a few listeners as well. I know I can think of a particular few, but um, we are by no means saying Elsie <laughs> would be a, a superstar. No, um, yeah, but no. he's he's that in between defender. I think at the moment between Bar Trat, Timotheu, um, and Jakobsen. Mm. It's just that thing where you think you're removing a problem, but what you're really doing is creating a new issue. And so you just you're you're back at the same position, sometimes even worse off. I feel like we're worse off without him. So well, I guess with LC was he wanted to go though, didn't he? So like we didn't get rid yeah. of him. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. You know, I think so. There was an improved offer on the table, whatever. Yeah, else. The, the pay rise came for him, so he took it. Good on it. Change of scenery. Um, yeah, he doesn't love the coast. Can I talk about Craig Goodwin's goal? Oh yeah, come on. I've been waiting for to absolutely froth over this because. Mm. <laughs> we talked about this. Uh, I think we've said it most weeks, probably. That just how calm he looks and his ability to just cut onto his right side. People think of him as being very one-footed. I often do as well, but he can hit a ball with his right peg. And this one was absolutely gorgeous when they showed that angle from behind the goal, like behind the net. And you see, it's hit with like it's like a power place. Like he's placed it in the corner, yeah. but with power, it bends around the defender. It's just absolutely gorgeous. I could watch it all day. It's the perfect description. It's the it's the power place, and that um that misconception that he's only got a left foot is exactly how he was able to cut inside so easily. And it is just it's all precision, hundred percent technique. Knew exactly where to beat the keeper. Um, you know, this it almost looked like a thing that had been studied during the week, like the angles to pick up on if you're going to be cutting in from that side. It was just textbook. Um, unfortunately, it was in the wake of him missing a really, really good opportunity uh, prior to that. I think Lockie yeah. Brook, was it Lockie Brook who whipped a really nice ball in? Uh, I'm not um, sure. Couldn't decide whether to head it or take it down on his left foot. First time volley with the, you know, the, the kind of open technique. It just yeah. it wasn't really suited. Would you have headed that one? Andy Harper was going nuts in the commentary saying he should have headed it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to tell. You get like a split second decision and you make it once you're committed to what you're going for. I often have those ones where like um, the cross comes in and you're like, you're already ready to header it. And for whatever reason, like the cross just dips on you, yeah. but you're already, you're, you've already positioned yourself. You're ready to header it and you're lining up your head with it as it coming down, you've got your eye on it and it's too late. You kind of, your brain's already committed to it. So in this case, in this case, he's gone the, in this case, he's gone the volley instead of the header, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's, it happens. It happens. It happens. Um, Viet called this one our worst performance of the season, but like, like the point we made, to be perfectly honest, it looked like most of what we've served up this season. It was just, we were finally punished. It was just, yeah, we were finally punished. I don't know if you wanted to say anything on MacArthur at all, but, I, you know, they, they, they've they got players on the park there that can yeah. kill you. Yeah. Like, I, they've kind of gone under the radar with me because every time I tune in, they've got an empty stadium with, like, six Except or seven one people cowbell. smashing those fucking cowbells. Oh my God. It goes, it was funny because I was watching it with someone who'd never watched MacArthur before. And they were like, do they do this the whole game? And it's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you look at it, like forgetting the defense and goalkeeper, but from the midfield on, you've got Daniel De Silva, Ulysses Davila, 
um, Tommy Orr, Craig Noon. Yeah, Craig Giannu, Noon. Yeah, totally forgot about Craig Noon. Giannu and Lockie Rose. So that's it's that's, it's a wild front six, and Milicic he actually, to his credit, does a great job trying to fit all all of them in there at the same time because you've essentially got Tommy Orr and Danny De Silva playing as central midfielders, which really crazy concept. But what it allows for is the two strikers to peel out wide. You saw Lockie Rose picking up the ball a lot in wide uh, left areas. And that kind of allows, you know, the two central midfielders who have more of an attacking mindset to come through into the middle. And we just didn't deal with it in the second half. They split us open time and time again. Yeah. And that's the point. You know, the one time that we didn't have one day and easy playing in that area that would have cleaned up both of those players. It was just silly. It was just silly by Carl to just expose Dorigo like that. Yeah, I hard to disagree with that. Um, Al Hassan Torre got on the score sheet. Oh, do we have the wrong Torre? Well. <laughs> nah, we, you know, it's about time, Al. <laughs> it's true. Wasn't that his first goal for them? I, th- I think so. He, yeah. it, you know, he hasn't had a great time. Um, no. But, you know, when they've got... Later in the game. When they've got Gianu and... Um, Jonah and Lockie Rose up there. It's hard to make a case for our, our Toure being in that side. Yeah, and he's definitely not a winger, so he's surely not a central midfielder either. <laughs> Joe Gauci, I wanted to talk about. Um, oh, yes. What do you reckon? So back-to-back man-of-the-match performances. I, know, I, think, I think people have it in their head that this guy is like massively error-prone. I, I don't think that is the case. I think He's definitely made a couple of errors here and there, but what young goalkeeper hasn't? I think overall he's been excellent, and I kind of feel like we've been better off with him there instead of Delianov. Delianov. That's a hard comparison for me to make. I think I like Delianov more. He just, but it's it's purely superficial. He's just like he looks like a bigger guy. He kind of fills the goal out a little bit more. He looks bigger than he looks, Joe Gauchi. He, he looks more like an adult. Do you know Man's what I mean? 12 like, foot tall. Gauchi's tall, but he's like stick thin and he looks like a baby. And I just, I don't feel safe that he you want commands a, you want the a goal. Dothraki goalkeeper. You want a Jamie Young. Precisely. No, I want James Delinov because he's got, you know, the uneven teeth and it, it looks like he's been in Barbaros before. Uneven like you teeth. want. Yeah. <laughs> that's not. He's obviously been hit in the face with a ball before. Like, that's what you want from your goalkeeper. I need to get a picture of him up now just to see if he's got uneven teeth. He's got the London look, Sam. I'm, I'm pretty sure. The London he's got a massive look. gap in his smile. Now you're having a dig at London. No one's safe with you tonight. Not tonight. No. Dude, the weekend went. Adelaide United lost. Victory scored a last minute winner. And then Leeds got done over by Man United. So no, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what. He's got a, a, real, a real nice, clean pair of chompers. Are you thinking of a different James Delianov? I could be thinking of his alternate twin brother, where he has a really <laughs> the one shit... from London. Yeah, the London shit London. teeth. <laughs> no, you know who I'm thinking of? Robbie Bayich. No, Robbie I'm Bayich. thinking of Robbie Bayich. My bad. <laughs> I'm gonna need to see a pic of Robbie Bayich now. That he man was, was the a one maniac. with the goofy grin. Look, of all-time niche footballers from he would go in the all-time shit eleven, wouldn't he? He would be your, yeah, he would be your all-time shit 11 goal Adelaide keeper. or the league? No, for Adelaide. Oh, I think that's stiff on Bayich. Oh, 
He did do I that think thing. Was he did do that thing where he ran out and just kicked? That uh, was his best moment. Was that Fred? him or was that Belchame? That no, just ran him. out and kicked, he kicked the Melbourne Victory right? player outside the box <laughs> wearing his stupid cap. Uh, yeah. Belchame with the cap. Oh, I don't know. It's I all, think Bayich will be honest, too. It's all blended into one. Too many B names. It's yeah. Too many average goalkeepers. To be fair, <laughs> Nick Scarcella in the first season was really bad. And he literally was only there because his dad was a major sponsor. I don't know if you got anything else on um, either of the games or any of the teams. No, I just I think it's really funny how morose we are considering we're still third in the league. <laughs> but I guess we, we know that it's not going to last. I don't know. It, it does feel like it's not going to last. I do. I, I can look see at, us missing the six. Yeah, I can too, and I wouldn't be surprised either. A lot of it hinges on getting this midfield right, I think, and not playing Timothy. You know, I think we can survive with a bar or a trap there, but I, I don't know how. I just don't want to see Timothy play for us again. I sound so harsh. I hate doing this to our own players because I try to like them all. I do my best to like all our players or not be too harsh on them, but he's just super, been super ordinary the last few times he's played. So, yeah, unlucky. he's had enough time. There's, um, so there's a line through Timothy, a line through Trat, a tentative line through Ansel, <laughs> which means it's just yeah. Yakko and Bar. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you who there's not a line through, and I'd be getting out the re-signing sheet already, would be Hiroshi Ibasuki. Oh, you're a big hero fan. Yeah, big hero fan. I um, I don't know. His hold-up play, his ability to like kind of bring our attackers into the game more and not just have us turn the ball over so easily in that front third is, you know, it, it it's just good. <laughs> No, I've, no, I've run right. out of uh, things to say. It's, it's, late. it's yeah, real no, late. It's an enormous asset. I know exactly what you mean. The amount of times that we pop a high ball up and he just controls it off his chest or a really nice drag down. He does more often than not find midfielders with a pass or he finds the fullback overlapping. And it's Did he yeah. find he find Goodwin for the goal? Or uh, d- uh, the ball came through him and he controlled one, brought one down. I can't remember if it was for the goal out. or not. Yeah. But he, yeah, he did it a couple of times. Um, I just, it's so good compared to what we have had, like <laughs> with Blackwood exactly. and whoever. Comparatively, Blackwood. Tommy yeah. Urich. Who came on and pretended to be an attacking midfielder again at the end of the game. It's just what a waste. That's, that's on Carl. What a waste, man. Anyone, just play Johnny Yule, who had a great game against Sturt on the weekend. Like, just, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes we just make useless signings and they, then they get minutes, more minutes than they deserve. Yeah. Um, A-League, the Vuck are back. The Vuck. The Vuck are back. But you know what the main talking point out of the game was? Was uh, come dogs post-match comments. Did you see these? I did not see anything. All I saw from this game is that another guy I hung so much shit on last week or the week before scored the goal. Oh, uh, was it Volupale? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Nish. Don't Come on. Nish was a menace. No. I mean, and Falami had a good game too, which was funny. There was a good tweet by uh, Nick G. Highly entertaining weekend of A-League men action with 94th minute winners and scorpion kicks. 
yet most of the focus is on ad breaks and the authorities ripping down content. Sums up the A-League at the moment. Uh, yeah, Cumdog took to the uh, took to the Paramount, uh, basically the execs, the 10 execs in the, pros, the post-match press conference and said, why on earth does one, the VAR take so long to figure anything out? And two, <laughs> we are literally stopping the game to appease sponsorship and advertisements during the game. Yes. This, I don't think we've spoken about this yet on here. We've covered the VAR shit. Yeah, the um, VAR, obviously. Every weekend we message it to each but other. The we've noticed it a few times at games, yeah, the holding up play for waiting for an ad break to finish on like on channel 10 or whatever. Like that's nah, can't be having that already sick of it. It's not even a major deal, but it's just like, if we know it's there, it's going to piss us off. Exactly. Cause we're traditionalists and look, I'm happy. Finally a player he has the medal to go to public with, you know, this kind of criticism. No surprise. It's a, a guy that's come from an overseas-based team who just looks at this probably just deplorably. He can't. He keeps him up at night. He can't believe this kind of thing happens. Yeah. But it makes me wonder, are Australian footballers desensitized to this kind of thing because of like all of the slow erosions of traditional football culture in Australia? Um, does, this, does it kind of make us more open to the idea of having drinks breaks as ad breaks? I don't think so. I think, I think that's digging too. That's giving the players too much credit. I think. I think they just they think about nah, it. Nah, th- nah, I don't think so. Not at all. I think they just go about their business. And if they do think about it, it's a passing thought. They're not, not enough to cause a stir and get on Twitter like cum dog. Um, <laughs> you know, is what it is. No cliche. I like a good cliche. Um, guess how many days it was between drinks for Ben Garuccio in front of goal? Uh, 843. Oh, 1,423 days since Ben Garuccio scored his last A-League goal. There you go. And it was a good um, one too. It was a cracker. It lives long in the memory of every Reds fan in the uh, 3-1 victory over Wellington. I mean, we all know it. Okay, I was talking about the Scorpion kick on the weekend, but... <laughs> yeah, that too. Did you actually think it was a cracker? No, it was good. I didn't think it was that good. It was good. It, it was deliberate, which is, you know, it makes it more impressive that he looked like he was deliberately doing it. Um, I don't know if he'd ever do it again. I don't know what he was... He looked like massively out of position even being there. But, you know, good luck to your Gooch. It just, it kind of felt hollow, hey, the um, kind of the hype and the praise after the goal. And then you see the moment and it's like, it's a goal. It's a nothing goal scored in front of nobody that ultimately probably means nothing. Yep. It means nothing because it was a West United game, essentially. Yeah. It doesn't mean a thing. It's no Riley McGree in like a semi-final. So. No. You know, no, exactly. Semi, Have prelim, a, something like that. Prelim, one of them. One of the stupid names that we have. Under Carl Robinson. <laughs> yeah he was carl's favorite player he was the one that snagged the move to the galaxy <laughs> or charlotte wherever he went Did you... <laughs> just that my only point on these scorpion goals both of them none of them neither of them compared to Giroud's uh at arsenal and i think that will always be the benchmark of scorpion goal i'm happy with that i'm happy with that happy to leave it there we can wrap it on a happy note. You got anything else you wanted to add at all? 
We'll finish well, on Giroud's scorpion kick. We could. Oh, I just had one more thing about Matt, um, Mount Barker United. Oh, fuck. Here we go. They won their first match in the 931 days. Yeah, with a 6-2 win over Gawla. Yeah, that's that's not good for Gawla. I'll tell no. you. <laughs> not good for Gawla. It, does it say more about Gawla? I the think last so. time, last time our Barker won was round 20, 2019 versus UniSA. Um, they have never been in a top position ever in their federation football history, and they are this week. There you go. Shout out Mount Barker. Not so much shout out Gawla Eagles. Shout out Gawla. <laughs> After I gave him a rap yeah. last week too, for fuck's sake. Oh, it's well. a kiss of death. Thanks for coming. Tune in next week. Ciao. Ciao.